everybody hey welcome to the program welcome to right on radio it is wednesday and that's right that should be another military analyst wednesday and chris has got some good ones for you today we're going back in ancient history or supposed history hey look i don't know what to think of this but i have an open mind you know some of this contradicts the stuff that's in the bible um, i believe the bible to be 100 percent true however Listen, uh, this is what uh, information is out there, and a lot of people believe it, so you may as well know it. And uh, we hold that in regard. I don't debate Chris when we do these things. I let him speak his mind, but as long as you know uh, where this show stands, and this show stands on the rock of Jesus Christ, and uh, but we allow other opinions, and we allow other interpretations. So uh, good day to you, everyone. Welcome. Please, uh, as you're coming into the studio, hey, just want to give a quick message out uh, to join us. If you're in North America in particular, that's uh, USA or Canada, you should stop feeding the cabal and switch your shopping dollars to MyLibertyStand.com. Sign up to MyLibertyStand.com, and one of your fellow listeners, if not Jesse or myself, store, and you can absolutely uh, save some money in some instances. Most of the time, it's about the same amount of money. However, the quality of the products is way better, and it supports North American jobs in particular, and it really boasts the right on radio community, and it's one of the things that supports. Uh, not only uh, Jesse and I, but a lot of the people who are working with us in My Liberty Stand as well get compensated. So without further ado, I see Chris has jumped into the room here, so I'm just going to give him his introduction. Uh, he goes by Chris Wilson. That is not his real name. We call him the military analyst because of his extensive years in the military, of course, where he worked on very uh, large projects with selling weapons internationally, Saudi Arabia to Israel. Amongst many other things, he had IQ, uh, intelligence, uh, clearances, and since leaving the army or the, uh, the, the service, uh, military service, he has literally been serving his rest of remainder of his life about 25 years since then in researching because he saw what was going on in the world and he is exposing it. We have to conceal his identity to protect him because he is literally risking his life to do this and i can verify because even myself i get death threats and i'm not putting out stuff nearly as controversial as the military analysts so once again welcome to right on radio everyone uh this is a faith-based broadcast we do news views opinions and attitudes and today we have the military analyst with us chris welcome back to right on radio thank you jeff it's always a pleasure I just have a couple quick points before getting into our subjects today. Uh, number one, um, uh, Cisco Wheeler, uh, asked you a few months ago if you could, uh, send me the, uh, uh, zip files on the, uh, Behold the White Horse and the Illuminati formula. 
if you would do that uh, after the show today. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, did you, second point, uh, did you read any of the five Trump essays I sent to you? No, I haven't had a chance yet. Okay, please do, because you'll realize that, uh, Trump is, is not going to be our savior. And another one I've, I'm doing is on, uh, he had an uncle named, uh, John Trump. And of course, Trump is not the real name. It's D-R-U-M-P-F-T, which is German. It's Trump. But, uh, the, his uncle John was in, uh, the deep state as far as, uh, the, um, dark projects. And he was a uh, physicist and scientist. And he, um, was well aware of, of what was going on in the 1940s to 50s, uh, regarding, uh, the projects that the government does not address between the overt, which is known to the public, to the PAO, Public Affairs Office, or, uh, the, um, covert, which is the deep state of what they've actually been working on. Well, Their he was the last projects, one to get uh, eyes on and examine all the Tesla files. Correct. And that, uh, whereas uh, JFK, uh, Kennedy, he was naval intelligence, and he had access to the UFO files, uh, limited, but he um, was a good friend of uh, Admiral Forrestal, who was later, like um, Admiral uh, Richard Byrd, was uh, committed uh, to the Bethesda Naval Hospital, and both at different years were tossed out the window, and they always uh, stated it as, quote, suicide. It wasn't. They, this is our our CIA and our, our stealth agencies that you eliminate anyone that is a threat to revealing about uh, what is known as um, uh, two factors. Uh, the man's name is uh, Daniel List, L-I-S-Z-T. He's known as a dark journalist, and he is exceptionally uh, informed, and he has his own uh, podcast and, and essays. They're absolutely worth listening to, uh, and we'll get into uh, two of his uh, uh, subjects, which are uh, apotheum and uh, uh, dark matter. So uh, with the, I'll continue on with uh, the, the essays we've got presented. I have a total of four. We'll try to get through Part A and B and whatever we can do in the hour and a half we have. The, the first one we're addressing is... The uh, Atlantis princess, Dr. Carmen Bolter, B-O-U-L-T-E-R, discovered in Turkey an Atlantean princess burial chamber that is over 10,000 years old, which absolutely throws the entire spectrum of what we've learned in history off the charts. And that is uh, exposed by uh, uh, Daniel uh, List, who is the known as the dark journalist or... Uh, DJ. The second one will be the uh, millennia-old uh, underground tunnel mining system that was discovered in the Grand Canyon, and this was discovered by hikers. And uh, this is somewhere anywhere from a minimum of fifty thousand to a hundred thousand years old. I suspect it's several million. The Grand Canyon is one of the greatest secrets that the public has no clue on. It is the oldest open-face mining operation for the four precious metals of gold, silver, copper, and tin. 
and it's not created by glacial uh, erosion. That's a joke. And we will go into that. Uh, and, and by the, the way, third I one, just want to say this because I've been in the Grand Canyon. I've taken the the uh, the donkey down into it and stuff like that. And you're absolutely right. It's it looks like a mining site to me, not uh, not to, you know anything other than that. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Just one thing: when you give out the dates like 10,000 BC and 30,000 BC, uh, just off the top because you seem very knowledgeable, Chris. Uh, how are they coming to those date conclusions? What type of testing are they using? Well. Rock cannot be tested by <laughs> carbon dating because that's strictly uh, petrified wood. But that has never truly been addressed uh, to the uh, public spectrum. I I suspect they're using it. There's uh, 10 possibilities, and I'll go over that at the end, of uh, what they use. Because if you recall the essay I did with um, uh, last week on uh, South Africa, where Michael Tellinger, he stated that there were uh, 10 ways to uh, determine the the, uh, the actual date uh, to get it as close as possible. And that had to do with the uh, soil uh, type, the, uh, the different type of uh, rock structures and the uh, mineral content to do with uh, uh, patina, which is a growth that happens over thousands of years to um, the location the and uh, settlements of any type of uh, archaic um, artifacts as far as uh, settlements. So uh, those are just like four that I wanted to mention. But I will go into greater depth with that in, uh, yeah, in the well, future. Listen, it it, it the other, doesn't matter. Like Scientists have to guess at things, and they have to, you know, they try to come up with hypothesis uh, I only mention it right. uh, for the audience's benefit because uh, there, there's not a credible scientist that will stand next to to uh, to carbon dating, for instance. They, they just it it's an unprovable science, and so we have to always right. keep that in mind when we hear these things. And and listen, I'm not saying that these things aren't accurate. I'm just saying that you know it's there's there's not a there's no credibility. To the dating science that's out there. Uh, now, uh, there is a lot of credibility to science that says, hey, there was advanced stuff, <laughs> you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, I think that's very clear and very well documented, and, and there's other ways to prove it. But I just wanted to make that one point for our audience. So go ahead, please, Chris. Okay. To add to that, uh, Jeff, is that. Um... Time is a man-made construct. It does not exist in any other fourth-dimensional or fifth-dimensional race. It is strictly a means of control and subjugation. By using a time frame, we believe that history is recorded and that it's by the globalists, that it only goes back 6,000 years to 8,000 years B.C., which is in uh, Sumeria. However, with the show with uh, the... Uh, temples of the African gods in uh, Africa by uh, Michael Tellinger, he showed that these are several hundred thousand years old. Now, that's based on our concept of time, but 
the Sumerians recorded in their cuneiform in the Sumerian kings list, and their dates go back 450,000 years. So yeah, we and, just and, have to keep so in mind that time is not your, I'll actually add consistent. to your point, Chris, if I may. Um, so, you know, the, the Bible clearly states that, you know, we're probably about 6,000 years into this uh, since Adam and Eve. Uh, but the Bible doesn't address the time before Adam and Eve. And uh, there's there's many people, and including our friend Cisco Wheeler, that uh, believes we're on actually the kind of the third run on this planet. And uh, and there's also been life on the inner Earth as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not disproving it. I'm not proving it. I'm just saying the, what the uh, what the facts are uh, with in regard to that. And it's not contradicting you at all, Chris. I just want to be clear on that. That's fine. And, and Basically, right, time is only a measurement tool created by man. Right. And it's it's literally in just general terms, since the fourth and fifth and above dimensional races do not use it. It's time is literally as we would think of it more rationally is that it's it's either an, an advance or a regression of movement. That's it. OK. So we just have to take into consideration what we've been taught and having to use that as a reference, although it's still not accurate. But uh, the, and the, the third essay is about an Antarctica that paleontologists discovered as 600 million year old uh, miniature humanoid skeletons in Antarctica. And if we have time to the, for the fourth one, then there are photos and all this. So if you started posting these to your uh, university website, at least your audience will be able to view the material and see the pictures that I've included, including maps. Um, the fourth, if we have time, is that there's an encrypted monument that was unearthed in Belize, which uh, was British Honduras, and uh, carbon dated uh, to 65 million years old. So we'll see what we can get through today. We'll certainly get through two of these. Okay. I did the uh, uh, the one with uh, the Atlantean Princess Burial Chamber. Uh, that is in two parts because it was uh, easier to include the pictures and the, and the script. So with that, um, keep in mind that when this went, as Dr. Carmen Bolter, she's an Egyptologist. When she went public, or rather when uh, the media brought it to the attention in Turkey, the Turkish government immediately shut her site down, confiscated all all of her uh, artifacts and expelled her from the country. So this is how the deep state works. This is the truth of life, which they would never find. But this is, um, uh, I'll read into this. And you have the photos. I've copied a few of the photos that are available and the introduction script from the website. Um, so I made it into two parts. Uh, Dr. Bolter discovered a burial chamber of an Atlantean princess in Turkey. In the videos below, which are included on your site, she took 147 photographs before the Turkish government intervened and sealed off her excavation. Atlantis and pre-dynastic Egypt cultures and history were absolutely interwoven. The 18th pharaoh Akhenaten and Queen Nefertiti are linked by bloodline to the Atlantean culture. When Atlantis suffered its first ge uh, geophysical cataclysm 38,000 years ago, I differentiate with, as well as with uh, Michael Sarian, and um, I believe there were three actual cataclysms 
but uh, the last one was essentially the continent fractured into five islands, and upon the second uh, geological upheaval was approximately 17.5 years ago. However, uh, Michael Sarian, uh, that's T-S-A-R-I-O-N, uh, he states about 14,000, but we're close. The landmass rapidly sank into the ocean almost overnight. The surviving population dispersed to the coastal Mediterranean to include Egypt, Ireland, which is the Druids, Wales, which is the Celts, Spain, which is the Basque, and uh, the Canary Islands, North Africa, and the Yucatan Peninsula, which was the Mayans of Mesopotamia and central Brazil. Geologist Dr. Robert Schock, and that's S-C-H-O-C-H, of Boston University has proven to mainstream science that the Great Sphinx in Egypt at the Giza necropolis erosion was originally caused by water, then later wind and sand. The Sphinx is now dated older than 10,000 years by our standards, when northern Africa was a lush tropical environment. Continual rain water over countless millenniums was the primary cause. And I see the videos, and you have the two pictures there, and it goes into the uh, pictures of the Atlantean princess's uh, um, artifacts that were left at the burial site. And it uh, it's very impressive. And uh, judging by the picture, when the public is able to see it, they realize that this positive race of the Atlanteans, they had both a positive and negative. It, the negative side was the uh, the typically it's the priesthood class which takes control and the power and they destroy themselves. Um, the second part of the interview is I copied, um, she discovered a burial chamber of the, in Turkey of the Atlantean princess and basically um, it goes on with uh, uh, <coughs> well, I guess it didn't print out but I I had a script. I can pull it off my laptop. Hold on for one moment. Um, okay, one moment. Let me get to, get this done. Excuse me for one moment. I, no problem, Chris. Life happens. No, it's it's difficult being a single with you using one arm. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, that's in a part. Um. What? thought I sent all the, uh, we get so much junk mail that we can just literally drive me anywhere and send. Okay, let's see if this comes. Um, see more, okay. Um, that was your note, okay. Well, I wish we could somehow... Can you, are you able to, um, take the, um, uh, the, the essays I, I create and, um, make it so that, uh, the public can view them at the same time, like, uh, split screen and that way they can hear the script as well as, uh, um, there, there's, there's no video on this. It's audio only, but I do post the, uh, the, the Intel briefs up on the military analyst site on right on you prior to the broadcast. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is, since I I can't recover, sorry. I'm trying to recover it as fast as I could. I printed everything out, but it just it things happen. Anyway, uh, basically, uh, the dark journalist who did this story, um, his name is Daniel List, and it's L I S Z 
L-I-S-Z-T, and his uh, faithless sidekick, Olivia. And where I mentioned the um, what we'll go into later, it's known as X-Tech, and that's letter X hyphen T-E-C-H. And what that is is exotic technology that this government has been hiding for years, and it goes very deep. And uh, it has to do with uh, the concept uh, that originated from the mystery schools uh, that were of Egypt, of uh, uh, Greece, and uh, uh, Rome, and then expanded to uh, Great Britain. And um, what he's done is exposed what has been going on in the government and basically uh one of the founders another word is uh anthro uh anthroposophy which is a n t h r o p o s p h y and the person who uh, founded that was name was a psychic his name was rudolf steiner in the 1800s and his last name is s t i n e r and um what he did was um he was showing that this, this uh, consciousness-based X technology, uh, when misused, not only destroys civilization, civilizations, but it actually warps the reality, creating what is known as the apotheum effect, and that's A-P-O-T-H-E-U-M. And it has to do with a, uh, essentially a six-sided crystal. And... I will get a better description of, of uh, uh, how this is actually interplays, but um, this uh, Edgar Casey, through his readings, and it references number 144, where he Casey refers it to as a firestone, but it's really a it's technically a crystal, and it's used. And what the the Atlantean race used it for was to overcome gravity and to power their flying crafts, their anti gravity crafts. However, most of this knowledge has remained hidden from the masses who believe that the turn of the century occultists were all frauds and they conducted seances and past life regressions, uh, which attracted supporters like Arthur Conan Doyle, who uh, was an incredible author. I've read numerous of his books and also uh, people who tried to debunk it, which was Harry Houdini. And his investigations went very deep and um, the most prominent was the Orphic Circle, and that's O-R-P-H-I-C Circle, and Lewis Carroll was a member of it. He's also another author. And they used young women like, uh, by the name of uh, Emma Britton, uh, B-R-I-T-T-N, they were groomed to serve as trance medium to access hidden dimensions for higher power businessmen and political leaders to help them gain obvious advantages in life. And so... The, uh, the book written uh, by her is uh, 19th Century Miracles, uh, Understanding God. Okay. Uh, anyway, we'll get into that at another date, but I wanted to go back to when I, re- if I can find it in this, in this time, I thought I had everything printed out correctly, but I'm going to go on to the next one. Uh, but that is important is that with this, technology that was found as i sent in your note um that it it basically proved uh, multiple factors and that being that uh 
I'm getting my notes here. Um, number one, it proves that history has been completely rewritten com over the tens of thousands of millenniums. Number two, it proves that Atlantis did exist and that there is no speculation and that it did collapse, but it was through uh, e the evil uh, side of uh, technology and uh, consciousness that destroyed their world. And it's been speculated by Michael Sarian that probably had about approximately 4 million population. And the survivors that I mentioned, they, they went to the Mediterranean and then to the Yucatan and into Brazil. But um, in a note that I sent to you, um, let me see if I can retrieve that. I just didn't get expect to run into this situation so quickly. Is that, um, let me see, in the sent file, um, it, let me see. Okay, uh, that was the last one I sent to you. Um, there we go. All right. Um, this is verifiable proof that Atlantis, the fourth root race of mankind, did actually exist until its collapse 14,000 years ago. Second point, Egypt was a primary colony of Atlantis. Third point is this event is the most important discovery of the 21st century and changes history forever. And it is proof that history has been completely rewritten by the globalists, the Masonic Order, the Freemasons, and the Illuminati. Okay. Those are the key points that I wanted to make, and the pictures are self-explanatory. Uh, I will get, I hope to get additional photos from Dr. Uh, Bolter uh, through email, and because uh, I only have approximately eight, but it's absolutely convincing of what actually happened. Now let's go into the uh, Millennium uh, Old Underground Tunnel mining system that was discovered in the Grand Canyon, and this was reported by Ace Flashman. Uh, of the National Reporter, and I found it in uh, 2009. And what it is, uh, when they can see the pictures, they're going to actually see the most incredible machinery that must be tens of thousands of years old. It's certainly not from our era, and they're not, they're not rusted. And it shows the first pictures of the uh, location in the Grand Canyon. And since I have been to the Grand Canyon, I have hiked it, but... The, what the public should also know is when you go to the main visitor center at the Grand Canyon, uh, where you check in and get passes and, and also for lodging, that there is a um, unique uh, red brick, um, partially eroded uh, structure that is very close to the visitor center. It's right on the edge of the cliff. And people, they said that uh, that was just like a storage uh, by by the Indians, that's an absolute lie. The as mentioned that it is the oldest open face mining. The Egyptians were in the Grand Canyon before 1000 BC. Fact. And the, one of the next episodes I will do is that an entire city was discovered in the Grand Canyon in 1909. And uh, there are photos as well as uh, an entire story. And it was discovered by a Dr. Kincaid who was rafting down the, um, or canoeing down the uh, Colorado River. And he noticed up on the cliffside, and I believe it would have been the facing the, uh, the east, so it would have been as he's going down, it would have been on the right side, uh, that 
up the cliff. At that point, it's not 5,000 feet down by the visitor center. That's the deepest area. This was probably about 36 to 3,800 feet. He noticed all the way up on the cliff uh, that there was an absolute uh, opening that went to a, a cave opening. And there were stairs that were leading down. He hiked up the entire cliff and reached the, the stone steps into the um, into into the uh, cave opening. It was approximately 90, 90 stairs or 90 feet uh, traveling upwards. And when he got inside of it, and the reason why it, it started there is because at one time, the water level was actually much higher. And so that's why it's way up on the cliff. He reported his findings of such. Inside was an Egyptian um, relics. There was an entire section. It was gigantic. It was shaped like the sun, uh, rays of a sun, uh, as far as branches for uh, quarters leading off. It had a giant room that was for all the um, uh, ancient uh, burials, and they were mummies mummified in uh, sarcophagus that were stacked on pillars all the way up through an, this entire room. So it actually like decorated the entire room at different levels, and there were probably 30 of them at least. He went in further and found there was a gigantic eating hall, a mess hall that must have been like 600 by 800 feet. There was an entire cooking area. There was a uh, storage grain drainage bins for for uh, storing um, uh, food. And uh, then there was one area that was dark and he did not go into because he's going in with a flashlight. And it was so dark, uh, he... Because of the smell of the room, he chose not to go into it because it smelled like snakes, literally. Because snakes have always been a, a part of the Egyptian and uh, predecessor uh, civilizations, the serpent cult. So he turned and reported it to uh, the Smithsonian Institute, which funded him, and he worked for them. And the Smithsonian came down, and it was 1,600 feet they came from the top ledge, came down, lowered by ropes, and they literally stole all the artifacts and took it back to Washington, D.C., and then buried the evidence. But inside there, uh, there are photos I have of some of those artifacts, and it's absolutely incredulous. Uh, so uh, the Egyptians also uh, used to hold what was known as what we call the Olympics today, and they up on the plateau further down, it was actually an Olympic site for many different races and cultures where they actually met. The, they had uh, uh, lodges. They were all built of partly stone as well as wood, which have all decayed. And there were playing fields uh, that were designed for sports. So that was where the first Olympics were truly held was in the Grand Canyon on the plateaus. Um, okay. So let's go back to uh, this about the, uh, the mining. And um, there was a group of hikers that had been exploring a virtually untouched area of the Grand Canyon. Uh, this happened. They happened to come upon an opening in the side of the canyon walls in July of that year. And what it was is that they were hiking in a tributary of the Grand Canyon, probably, I would say, 40 miles up from where the uh, visitor center is. And or more as a Grand Canyon uh, passageway is, is immense. It spans like 1200 miles. Anyway, um, they took a rest 
on the side of this, uh, um, embankment, which was sheer wall at that point, And it had uh, crumbled rock, uh, debris and sand that sloped down, which went down to a, the water tributary. And all of a sudden they felt a, a wind that they couldn't understand how this, when they're in a sheltered area, how could this wind be coming up when they're up against an embankment? Well, what they did is they cleared out the bushes because they figured the wind had to be coming from behind the bushes. And what they discovered in the next picture was a gigantic uh, tunnel that was, <coughs> excuse me, this medication is strong. Uh, it was a gigantic opening. They'll see the picture of it. And it was perfectly symmetrical. And so they decided to explore it. And um, it was hot as, <coughs> I'm reading his text, excuse me. <coughs> it was hot as hell, and we were hiking up the side of the cliff to get into a wooded area for the shade. Uh, the man's name is Peter Marlington, M-A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, explained. When we reached the shrub line, we felt a cool breeze coming from the high weeds that were growing up the side of the cliff. It seemed very odd that a cool breeze would be coming from nowhere like that, so we poked around to see why. When we pushed out of our way past the shrubbery, we came to the entrance of a large brick-lined tunnel. We could tell right away that it is, was very old, but we had no idea that it would turn out to be as old as they say it is. Uh, later on, as I get to that, the uh, when they reported it to the park rangers, what they found, as I'm going into, uh, they determined uh, that it was like 400 years old. It's not. It's more like 40,000, 50, even 100,000. Entrance to the complex clearly showed the, the shrubbery that had kept it hidden. And we were a little hesitant at first to go inside because we didn't know what it was. We thought it might be a flood tunnel and we could be drowned if a sudden storm came up. And it was really kind of creepy as well. I don't believe in ghosts, but I will tell you, staring into an old, dark, musty smelling tunnel like that, it would give anyone the creeps. After a few minutes of debating whether or not to go inside, the spirit of exploration overruled our fears, came out in our flashlights and into the tunnel we went. We knew that it was a tunnel, a flood tunnel, if it was a flood tunnel, that it would be sloped upward. We were relieved when we realized that we weren't going to be flushed out in a long, uh, sudden deluge. It wasn't up, uh, it wasn't steeped, it was level. After a few hundred feet, the tunnel stopped. It was boarded up. And it shows a picture of the tunnel, and there are, uh, it was lined, it was perfectly cut, and it had red bricks that were cemented to the top of this tunnel system. And they're all uh, um, concreted together. So you'll, they'll be able to see the uh, the immense chamber appeared to be collapsed, revealing several passages underneath. So what they did is uh, they tore down the, the old wooden boards, which were probably like 50 or so, maybe, because wood will rot out in, in a matter of a, a century at least. Um the national reporter, his response was, did you turn back? And uh, Harrington said, oh, hell no. We broke through. We had to. If we quit just because of some old rotten wood blocking our way and turned around, we would have spent the rest of our lives going crazy, wondering what was on the other side of that door. National reporter inquired, I can understand that. As a staff member, 
I would have continued on as well to satisfy my curiosity and to bring another award-winning news story to my readers. So what was on the other side of the wooden barricade? And it shows three pictures there of it. And he, uh, Harrington said, uh, another tunnel. It was a lot smaller than the one we were in. It was more like a doorway in the wall. It was pitch black inside, and it smelled kind of funny, like something that had been dead for a real long time, you know, like dried up and just dusty smelling. We made our way inside and soon came to another tunnel that went off to the right, and another one 20 feet ahead went off to the left. We didn't go down either of them. We just kept going straight. And so it shows the tunnels, and then it shows the next one, which is, the first tunnel was covered with a wooden barricade. Inside were more tunnels that went off to the right and left. We continued down the pitch black tunnel until we came to a huge chamber. Our flashlights were barely bright enough to light the entire area up because of its immense size. Down below the brick floor was a brick floor that looked like it had collapsed, and there appeared to be some sort of tunnel system that could be exposed. We had no idea what the tunnels were for but they were definitely big enough for large groups of people to move through. And it shows a picture, Jeff, of essentially from this angle, there's one, two, three, four, five, and they're made out of brick and uh, uh, concrete, but they're, um, they're of, in real dis, uh, disarray. But they, the opening can see, can be seen, and there were divisions between each channel. So they were obviously for water, as well as for mining, and they'll be the public will be able to see that when they when they view these pictures. Um, so he goes on to say that uh, down uh, below the brick floor, it looked like it had collapsed, and there appeared to be some sort of tunnel system that had been exposed. We had no idea what the tunnels were for, but they were definitely big enough for large groups of people to move through. Nash reporter asked, did you go down to see what, what was inside of them? And he responded, we did after a while. The other guys were getting kind of scared. I had to admit it was getting kind of creepy. Graveyard keep creepy, if you know what I mean. Nash reporter responded, I know exactly what you mean. So Harrington went on to say, I went down by myself. The other guys were too scared. It took a few minutes to get down to the collapsed floor where the, these are channels. So they're, they're, they're open tunnels until they meet a, a, a solid wall, and then they have the openings, the circular openings in each uh, tunnel, because originally it would have had probably wood above it, which has already rotted and decayed. So um, I entered the tunnel on the far left and walked for about 50 feet, and then it stopped at a brick bricked-up wall. There was a loose brick in it, and this is in the dark. He's using a flashlight. So I pushed on it, and jiggled around until it fell into the room on the other side. And then you see the photo of what he took because he couldn't see, and it was either out of his height or impossible to actually uh, look through that loose brick that he knocked inside. And it shows an advanced machinery for processing ores. And mentioned before was that gold, silver, copper, and tin were the four precious metals that were mined out of the Grand Canyon. And so analysts stated that the tunnel network was 400 years old. Analysts lie to cloak the truth of our civilization's past, having possessed advanced technologies, which we are now learning. The mechanism shown is probably 50 to 100,000 years old, depending on which succeeding culture arose and replaced the prior 
before the next geophysical cataclysm or pole shift occurrence. The Grand Canyon is the largest and oldest open-face mining operation for metals of, as I mentioned, gold, silver, copper, and tin in the Americas. The Great Lakes region, which I'll do afterwards, uh, next session with uh, the Grand Canyon of the Egyptians, the Great Lakes region of Lake Superior is a second largest mining operation, and that being for copper ore. The national reporter went on to state, what was inside the room? And he said, I don't know. I couldn't see. The hole wasn't big enough to stick the flashlight in and look in at the same time. So I just put the camera into the hole and snapped a few pictures. I had the weirdest feeling while I was doing it, like there was something on the other side of the wall watching me the whole time. And that's the impression you get in the dark. I tell you this much, it spooked the hell out of me, and I ran out of there with the hair standing back up on my neck. The national reporter asked, what did you do then? We left, he said. When I told my buddies that it felt like something was watching me from the other side of the wall, that was it. We ran out of that place so fast, nothing could have stopped us. Nash reporter asked, what did you do when you uh, exited the complex? Did you report the finding right away? Yes, pretty much. We went to the park ranger's office and told them what we had found. Naturally, they didn't know what we were talking about. They checked their map, and there was no tunnels or underground facilities in that area. They thought we were making the whole thing up. Nash reporter asked, what did you do then? We took them out to the tunnel so they could see it for themselves. They didn't want to go in at first because they still thought we were on to something. I guess I would have thought the same thing if I was in their position. The whole thing sounds so made up. But when the public sees this this machinery, they'll realize it's thousands of years old. It doesn't rust. It's gray in color. And it literally would process the ores. It's, an, it's used for mining ores and uh, processing them. The national reporter asked, I can understand most people would think you have made this story up. It's a good thing you have photographs to prove it all. Your photographs coupled with the integrity and reputation of our newspaper, the National Reporter, as being one of the most reliable news sources in the nation is guaranteed to make believers out of any skeptic. I know that's why I contacted you and not only uh, one of those, uh, rather one of those silly tabloids who make up ridiculous stories. The National Reporter mentioned, what did you think? when you found out that the underground complex that you and your friends discovered was 400 years old. And he stated, it blew our minds. I mean, who the hell built this? The Indians sure as hell didn't have the, the know-how or knowledge to build something like this. And there were no European settlers that far west at the time. And even if there was, they sure as hell didn't have the equipment to dig it out and build an underground complex of that size and manufacture the millions of bricks it took to build it. National reporter asked, the complex was to be open to the general public after your discovery, but those uh, plans were quickly canceled when a government agency came in, closed it down suddenly for some unknown reason. Do you have any ideas why they did that? And he stated, I have my suspicions. Remember when I told you about how I stuck my camera into the hole in the wall and snapped a few photos and it felt as though something was watching me? National reporter said, yes, there was something in the photographs. Take a look at it for yourself, he said. Handling it to me, if this was 400 years old, then something really weird was going on back then uh, that people don't know about, and they sure as hell aren't going to find out uh, what it is from reading their history books, I'll tell you that. I took the photograph from him, and to tell you the truth, I was speechless by what I saw. 
I could understand what Peter Marlington meant when he said something weird was going on back then. Last point is he stated, I won't say any more. I will just present you readers with the images Mr. Marlington captured on film and you leave it to ponder it yourself. So that's the end of that episode. But when they see the pictures, Jeff, they will be stunned. It's unbelievable. The level of technology is from a much ancient earlier situation, uh, civilization. So, Chris, I got so, the, uh, the other ones uh, on uh, on Atlantis, but what were what's the one on the Grand Canyon? Do you have the subject line in particular? I want to ensure that it's up, like in, in pronto. Uh, I didn't send it this time, but I had sent it to you earlier, and I I could pull it up and send it now, and you could just uh, yeah. If you um, if you email it at the top of my inbox, it'll be up momentarily. Okay, well, I can retrieve that one. I just have to use a wild card to type it in because I've got thousands in my computer. <laughs> uh, let me let me get. I just the only way to restore it then is to you have to save information, and you laptops literally have a five point five to six year lifespan, <clears throat> and you've got to literally just keep replacing them. So let me see what I can. That's do why see I, if I can multi redundancy, my friend. Multi redundancy. Okay. Grand Canyon. There we go. Perfect. And so, okay. so you know, for every anyone who's been uh, going, we put these Intel briefs. The, their files are way too big to put onto Telegram or to social media. So I needed a place to host them. So we've put them all on to writeonyou.com. That's right on, like R-I-G-H-T-O-N with the letter U at the end, writeonyou.com. And you can, uh, you know, pay for one time fee of $17 and you'll have access to all of the Intel briefs that go up there, not only from the show, but we put extras up every single week. Uh, they're very big. They're detailed. Uh, and the money, uh, you know, helps cover the cost of the hosting and stuff like that, but also, uh, is going to be supporting Chris as we go for the military analyst because what, one thing, and, I, and Chris, I won't take up much of your time, uh, but I just want to say yeah. uh, when 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 you're a whistleblower as Chris is, uh, the government screws you. Like they they cut off your pensions, they cut off everything. Like it, it's it's hard for these guys to even go shopping. Uh, so you know it, it's important that we support. Uh, I know Jesse and I, through Illuminate the Darkness, through her ministry uh, in particular, we're supporting some whistleblowers, and, and this is one way that we're doing it through Right On Radio as well, as we really do want to uh, to support Chris and uh, and even, you know, give him, a, give him better equipment and, you know, all kinds of things that he'll put it to good use for. So uh, go to Right On You. You can do $17 one-time fee. That's it. It's lifetime. As long as we're doing this thing, it'll be up. And uh, and also, if you want to just do an ongoing support, you can do $3 a month, which, yes, turns out to be more than the $17, but that's just because you have it on your heart to support uh, the military analyst. So onward, Chris. Okay, I'm going to send it to you right now, and you... I, I have several on it, but I'm, I'm sending you this one, um, the first one I found. So I'm just forwarding it to you, and I gotta open it up. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll have it, it. I'll have it converted and loaded up on the site before the end of the show. Wow.
Okay. I've got several on the Grand Canyon. No. They will love this. <laughs> the, the promise uh, was for one <laughs> before the end of the show. The other ones I could probably get up to. Well, well I'm just saying, I'm, I'll, I'll go off this one, but I, um, okay. Um, here we go. Jeff Shepard. Okay. Listen. Okay. Done. Okay. You have it. Perfect. And I'll send, some, I'll send some others. You'll receive it momentarily. Okay. All right. To start out with, it shows the pictures, but history is always written by the victors, not the defeated. Those in power write their versions of history from the beginning of civilization, the sciences, mathematics, technology, languages, religions, cultures, and evolution of all species. What has been taught at least three millennium is far from the truth. The public has been instructed for several generations to believe the entire Grand Canyon's physical features were caused by water erosion over untold millions of years. That premise was essentially correct, but not the true facts. Five global geophysical cataclysms have occurred within the last 20,000 years and possibly others of the same magnitude within the past 100,000 years, not hundreds of millions of years as written by history books. Our planet is very old, perhaps uh, 19.6 billion years or older, but how it truly evolved is quite a different matter. The magnetic polar axis is shift, changing location every 25,900 years. However, nuclear detonations from advanced warring civilizations between the Lemurians attacking, I'm sorry, between the Atlanteans attacking Lemurians uh, was the last one which actually created this pole shift. And that goes back thousands of years. I would say at least 50,000. Okay. Uh, and caused global cataclysm upheavals in both ancient and more recent times. The last being 13 to 14,000 years ago with Atlantis uh, and Lemuria, civilizations with irreconcilable ideological differences. The vast majority of erosions was caused by Incredible forces of water cascading down, forging a gigantic a valley of, of gigantic proportions. But not all sections of the canyons were gorged out in this manner. Sections of the canyons are evidence of the largest open-faced strip mining operation in the, uh, the cliff walls in prehistoric times, in ancient times. Rivers of nature can't carve right angles into the landscape or create rectangular pyramids. Only man can achieve these feats. The horrendous floods washed away the loose sediment and exposed the hardened precious minerals in the more durable rock strata. Multiple civilizations exploited these raw materials and created the largest scale open face mining operation ever known in the ancient world. These large city caverns and mining excavations were performed by an earlier advanced race, later uh, by, by uh, the Egyptians before 1000 B.C., uh, who'd left the country in Africa onto the Mediterranean Sea and were searching for other large deposits of stated ores mentioned for trading. They located the previous mined ancient sites and resettled it. So my point, Jeff, is that, yes, the Egyptians moved there, but they weren't the original ones. They took over an existing one. It's just like all cities today are always built atop of existing prior, prior cities and civilizations. And that's always been the case throughout 
the fourth and fifth root race of mankind. And, and so, key monuments are built on top of other key monuments that are all on the ley lines. And it's unbelievable. That's so true. That is. And I mentioned to you before that I have literally, um, wow, I have articles of, because I have thousands of uh, essentially every state in the United States, including Hawaii and Alaska, Canada and uh, probably 150 out of the 206 countries in the world. Okay. Um, this region had been conducting ancient mining operations, activated the, the, uh, and traded the precious ores of, as mentioned, copper, silver, uh, gold, and tin, uh, for not just centuries, millenniums. Measured over time, this colossal erosion occurred in a, a relatively shorter period in the tens, almost hundreds of thousands of years not hundreds of millions of years, as stated by the doctored mainstream science. Below are photographs of several massive rock formations which were altered in a section of the Grand Canyon upstream. All have Egyptian names of gods and goddesses, Jeff. The Hopi Indians are the most unique of the American Indians in this regard. They are not direct descendants of other uh, uh, of uh, other Indian races and the uh, Hopi Indian uh, language is based on Egyptian. They use the same words and uh, symbols. So that is unique. And that's why the Hopis are in the uh, uh, Grand Canyon area because they had direct contact with the Egyptian civilization going back thousands of years. Okay. That's a very so, onward. Point. I just wanted to make a comment there because I had, I had always thought that the, uh, the, Aboriginals, the Indians, were really based on uh, pre-Canaanite Hebrew, but I guess that probably does trace back to Egyptian when you think about it. There are three races, and I've talked with this with Cisco Wheeler, and also with uh, uh, my uh, Cherokee uh, co-worker when I worked uh, in California, <clears throat> that um, uh the Cherokee, the Sioux, and one other race uh, are direct descendants of uh, the Hebrews, okay? And Cisco's, she won't mind me mentioning this, Cisco's grandmother spoke Hebrew. Yes, she did. Fluently. Yeah. So that should tell you right there, Jeff, and the audience, is that ancient races were in, in the Americas thousands of years before uh written textbook mainstream history states. Okay, onward. Uh, actually, okay. If, I, if I may just say one thing for clarity to the audience, uh, because we do have some new listeners here who might not be familiar with Cisco Wheeler. Uh, just quickly, Chris. Uh, so, Mike, the co-host of my show on our regular programs is uh, Jesse Zaboder, who was raised in the Illuminati to take the highest position, which is called a mother of darkness. And the mother of darkness is basically the one who, uh, communicates with Lucifer and then passes along the instructions to the generals and everything in the different quadrants. Well, Cisco Wheeler uh, was also being raised and groomed to be a mother of darkness. So there's five total in the world, and you know we've got two that were supposed to be mothers uh, be on on this show. Uh, Cisco ended up; uh, she's a few years to Jesse's elder, and Cisco 
was actually the, one of the ones training and making the outfits and things like that for Jesse. So it's quite an amazing story, and she's an amazing lady. And when you, when Chris refers to her, uh, that's how Chris and I met, was through our common friend of Cisco Wheeler. Uh, sorry about that, Chris. I just wanted to make sure everyone was on board and understood Fine. what you were saying. Okay. Uh, this pre-dynastic Egyptian civilization had to be kickstarted by some other surviving people from the sinking Atlantean continent. One other point I wanted to make is that there's been a reference that of the American Indians that um, it's been stated, this is a potential, I have not verified it, but that they are actually what there is actually, to my best knowledge, as I've researched for three decades, the, the Atlantean race had more than one race within it. Okay. And what has been stated recently is that the American Indians are one of the true uh, races directly from the Atlanteans. So keep that in mind. All right. Um, this race had mentally raised their consciousness, evolving to the fourth dimensional spiritual state of mind and body. They mastered the physical plane of existence and esoteric ethereal thought. Whereas the dynastic Egyptians crossed the Atlantic and into the Gulf of Mexico and later landed on the northern northeastern shores of Mexico, then made their way trek inland from Mexico northward into Arizona and followed the tributaries, finally reaching the southern region of the Grand Canyon. Some Egyptian hieroglyphic symbols still remain on the cliff temple walls, although most have been weathered away by time. Several cave cities have existed over the millenniums. I will go into the most uh, largest, the most prominent one next week. The most publicized is the one discovered by archaeologist, this is him, uh, G.E. Kincaid, K-I-N-C-A-I-D, who worked for the Smithsonian Institute. In April 1909, the entrance being that he found being 1,486 feet below the, the canyon rim or 2,000 above the current river level then. Another more recent cave city entrance is 395 feet above current river height and that is called the Powell Cave City. A cave tunnel system was found by the Hopi Indians and the Sioux Nation in the late 1800s. They were aware of the cave, but respected and never touched any of its contents. Scientists estimate that the cave tunnel system is at least 10,000 years. That's <laughs> quite an understatement. Since this cave system uh, was built, scientists believe the Colorado River has eroded another 300 feet lower. And we've had massive changes, I'll get into another time, about uh, erosion. And between the last three to 400 years, there has been massive rainstorms, lightning storms, mud flows, which have occurred uh, worldwide, not just in the United States. Okay. Uh, the person referring to this is uh, Powell, who's one of the excavators, uh, talking to a, a native. And the native was Jacob Vernon Hamblin, H-A-M-B-L-I-N, in 1869. This is how old these photographs are of the Grand Canyon. Hamlin was a Mormon who spoke English. Hamlin knew he was one of the Tamaray, which is T-A-M-A hyphen R-E, or Egyptian, European and Hopi descent. Powell hired Hamlin to replace an expedition member that had died. Um, Hamlin related to Powell that in the Grand Canyon, something very extraordinary and unexplainable happens. An enormous grand mist occurs when envelops the canyon and no one knows what causes this to happen. The Hopis live on the North uh, 
Kiabob, K-I-A-B-O-B, rim of the Grand Canyon, where the Tamaray Egyptian Mir, M-I-R, pyramids, temples are located. The Hopi Indians still use a large number of original Tamaray Egyptian words in their language. Visitors were restricted from entering Kincaid, a Kincaid Cave after the Grand Canyon National Park Act was signed by President Woodrow Wilson in 1919. Today, federal services guard the Kincaid City Tunnel Cave entrance and others. And it's not just the, uh, uh, the, the it's the U.S. government and also special forces that guard these entrances. And nobody goes in and, and finds the truth. They are guarded inside the Grand Canyon because the Grand Canyon is so long. Okay, onward. Um, let me see. Um, Powell was the first person to report any archaeological information to the U.S. government about the natives of the Grand Canyon and their histories. Even though the Isis, and that's I-S-I-S, temple in the Grand Canyon is severely eroded, a few of the ancient Tamaray Egyptian hieroglyphs can still be seen on the temple's city cliff walls. On the Tower of Ra, and that's R-A, because these are both Egyptian uh, solar gods, Isis is the uh, uh, goddess of the uh, uh, morning, and Ra is the uh, god of the midday sun, and Set was the god of the uh, evening sun. Okay, onward. Um, so, the Tamaray Shrine was the first cross tunnel, which exactly mirrors the same location of the shrines in the Valley of the Kings. Okay? This wasn't a word in their language for king or queen. They called the rulers, it's a apostrophe. A-F-E-R-T-I. So that's Eferti, which means the choice or pharaoh. 144 pharaohs existed. The pre-dynastic earlier in ancient Egyptians lived in underground cities before they began to build pyramids and above-ground cities in Egypt. So they lived beneath the ground. The rays radiating from the Egyptian hieroglyphics were not depicting sun rays, but energy forces or beams. Of the many artifacts found, one for Akhenaten and Nefertiti, that's the 18th dynasty, their ancestors and children names are on the tablet. The inscriptions found state that Aferiti, Pharaoh, came to the Grand Canyon at various times, but also made return trips to Kemet, Kami, that's K-E-M-E-T, and Kami is K-H-A-M-I, Egypt. So they were traveling back and forth. They did have the capability then. They had gigantic ships, and one was recently discovered in the last 10 years buried beneath the side of uh, Khufu, which is the big, the largest pyramid. That's the uh, Grand Pyramid. Um, okay. Uh, the inscriptions found sta- uh, Prime Minister Nuba Pasha, and that's N-U-B-A-R-P-A-S-H-A, was the first Prime Minister of Egypt. In his first term, was January 1884 to June 1888. Prime Minister Pasha contacted the U.S. State Department and requested all of the Tamaray artifacts found in the Grand Canyon be returned to Egypt. That's a joke. He also, <laughs> it'll never happen. He also requested that no more information about Kemet Egyptians in the Grand Canyon ever be published by the Smithsonian Institution. Why? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> because it would reveal the truth. Notice that many geographical locations in the Grand Canyon are named after Tamaray, Egyptian, and Hindu, Naga, and that's N-A-A-G-A, 
And Naga in um, in Hindu means serpent, Jeff. Okay, it's named after deities. From the um, from the code of the supreme beings, the four dimensional races, we've received factual, mathematically provable evidence that all ancient sites, megaliths, stone circles, dolmens, effigies, and other certain natural formations and vortexes across the entire planet surface are precisely located on a global coordinated system in relation to the Great Mirror Pyramid. Okay? That's MIR. This is also applicable with the, to the planet, which is in the ancient uh, other terms, we, we call it Mars, but it's actually Lahmu, L-A-H hyphen M-U. When the North-South Pole Prime Meridian passes exactly through the nose of the famous face in the Sedonia area on Mars, and in the Mir Pyramid Complex in the Grand Canyon. Note that the second harmonic geom geometry was only shared in the Kemet and Kami, which is K-H-M-A-I, Egyptian mystery religion, to hundreds of generations for thousands of years. A follow-up from another article uh, to uh, Kincaid's discovery, uh, discovery of the oldest Egyptian cave city in 1909. For over 100 years, the Smithsonian Institute has been engaged in a colossal cover-up of true history and ancient advanced civilizations. The Arizona Gazette, which published the original breaking story of an Egyptian city in the Grand Canyon with 800 rooms from passageways of ultra-smooth walls expanding outward like radial spokes, dozens of sarcophagus, cartouches, uh, precious gems, cups, bowls, plates, utensils, weapons, uh, use of copper and obsidian, uh, spear and arrow tips that were harder than steel and sharper than a razor. A Buddha-like figure, sculpture, and numerous other statues. Massive chambers for dining, cooking, food storage, and cat's eye gems scattered everywhere about the floors. Kincaid took photographs to catalog all of the artifacts found and sent them to Washington. A month later, 40 archaeologists arrived and descended upon the find. At all the time, all the items mentioned were crated, packed, and carried off. All disappeared into the depths of a great warehouse of the Smithsonian Museum. Newspaper reporters of the time did not let the story go. However, the Smithsonian refused to comment. Later, employees speaking anonymously swore that after a few years, all was loaded onto a barge and dumped into the Atlantic Ocean. Kincaid noted that the utensils and weapons seemed to show improvement in technology, ranging from crude to quite sophisticated, which benefits a people dwelling in one region for a very long period of time. Of the tablets found, one hieroglyphic tablet stated how an expedition comprised of holy men and warriors from the east, the area known as Egypt, was launched to cross the seas in search of new lands. So what became of the artifacts described in the article? What became of Jordan? Did he return to the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. and disappear with all the records of his discovery? Has there been some archaeological cover-up reminiscent of the last scene of the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the Ark of the Covenant is placed inside a crate in a giant warehouse never to be seen again? Probably. It has also been suggested that while the discovery perhaps was real, the archaeologists working for the Smithsonian were not. These men may not have been working for the Smithsonian Institution out of Washington, D.C. at all, but merely claiming to do so, could this have all been a cover-up 
for an illegal archaeological dig that was raiding the ancient site and claiming legitimacy from a very distinct and distinguishable institution, it would have been very difficult indeed in 1909 to check on the credentials of those archaeologists stated. And then it shows in the Grand Canyon, the public will have to see these pictures, uh, Jeff. Uh, it's called the Orion Zone, which is the chakras of life. Okay. And we have seven chakras. I'll get that into that in another. Then it shows the alignment of the stars uh, for um, what you know as uh, Beetle Goose, which is Beetle Juice, uh, Misa, Bellatrix, um, uh, and what is known as the Ecuador uh, Celeste, Minnetaka. Okay, this is, if you know of the, in the audience knows of the what is called the Orion's Belt, it has the three stars in a row. Uh, the, the one to the lower left is known as Alnitak, A-L-N-I-T-A-K, and then the one in the middle is known as Alnilam, which is A-L-N-I-L-A-M, and the one at the top is Mintaka, which is M-I-N-T-A-K-A. The point is, what I will show you later is that with those three stars, there are two TR-3B crafts that are posing as distant stars, equidistant from that. So if anyone spots the Orion's belt in the sky, they will see two bright lights equidistant from the center star Anilum. And those are just two of the ones that can be spotted. All your bright lights in the stars are not planets. Planets are dim lights because they're millions of light years away. What those are are the TR-3B crafts that I had access to with TS clearance. The point is this, um, and then it goes on to, to show uh, basically that everything is based on, on the golden rule and uh, that the ancient Egyptians possessed advanced geometry knowledge, which were they were aware of the progression of the star constellations documented over 10,000 years to map the total celestial movement in the heavens and knew of the sacred harmonic energy grid comprised of a dodecahedral polygon configuration enveloped the planet Earth with intersecting ley lines and cross points, which are known as nodes. The harmonic grid is a natural energy source and defense system for planet Gaia. That's Earth. Gaia is Greek. So these are what I wrote. Okay. During the reign of King Common, which is K-H-Y-A-N, um, in 1610 to 1580 B.C., a descendant of Zaphnat, which is Z-A-P-H, N-A-T-H, or Joseph from the Bible, Jeff, okay, because Joseph was Egyptian, all right, and the, then the faith uh, was uh, now Atan, when you take, um, uh, he changed his name from the solar deity uh, religion from Amen, A-M-E-N, to Akhenaten, A-K-H-E-N-A-T-O-N, and that his face was now Aten, now, there's two conflicting stories, but I I go along with that he was evil, okay, and that's how I've always presented it. There's others that were that refer to it in a different light. I won't go into that now, but consequently, uh, he, he Akhenaten destroyed the Egyptian civilization in the process. He didn't die in Egypt, and that date was falsified. He was exiled by the uh, priesthood class and co-regents and fled the country to an undetermined location. It was believed uh, in, in the Mediterranean, probably around Turkey. Uh, 
are what is known as Syria today. Anyway, um, Akhenaten and Nefertiti's names are on tablets and statues surfaced in Kincaid's cavern city expedition in 1909. So I thought you'd find that interesting, Jeff. You have very little proof that not only did these uh, Egyptian pharaohs and pharises exist, but they were also carved and stated with artifacts and on walls in the Grand Canyon today. That's why you'll never get into any of these complexes because it reveals the truths of life. And then I show pictures of uh, the statue of Akhenaten, which was formerly Amenhotep IV. And believe it or not, doesn't matter. But uh, with Obama being our first CIA presidential clone, not the first clone, he has a picture. I have a picture of him where he went to Egypt and he put his head next to Akhenaten and they're identical. It's not an ex exaggeration of fact. He has Akhenaten's blood. That is fact. But he's gone, fortunately. Ah, Thanks. Uh, right, because he was uh, truly evil. And by the way, Chris, I have a photograph. Five more uh, things up. I've dug up more on uh, on the Grand Canyon from previous things you've sent me, plus the one you just sent. And I've been throwing up more. Uh, let me see. What do we got here? Uh, more Atlantean stuff and uh, the millennium old underground tunnels. Uh, in the Grand Canyon as well. So all those are being Good. added well, as we speak. They'll be up on the site in moments. That's great, because your audience has very uh, interesting and astute questions. Uh, I, I will get some uh, material for it. You had uh, Raccoon 6 and you had, uh, let me see, Ninja Nurse. I Do me a favor. When, when people when we do talk sessions where they can ask questions, Always two things. One, ask them their first name to use, okay, rather than me having to repeat what their their um, email address is, okay. Secondly, get their email, uh, have them provided because they're only providing their calling in, and that way I will get you the information, and then you can just route it to them in your spare time, okay. <laughs> Chris, you understand? <laughs> yes. You think I use your time. your? Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about your your. Your volunteers that you have helping you, you said. Okay. Well, that, that's possible. Now, right, that's what I'm referring to. Okay, basically in the picture that shows that, um, uh, uh, let me see. So in this picture I'm showing of Akhenaten, it says, does this face remind you of anyone? It should, thanks to the diabolical work of World War II SS physician Josef Mengele. Uh, mind programming and was mastered in Germany by 1945. And genetic engineering used extracted DNA and cloning by 1950 at his remote site uh, facility in Brazil. And Akhenaten was the younger son of Amenhotep III and Queen Tyre, which is T-I-Y-E. He was not of the next in line heir to the throne. His older brother, Crown Prince Tutmos, which is T-H-U-T-M-O-S-E, was, but died rather mysteriously and at a relatively young age. That wasn't mysterious. They assassinate their own to get power because uh, it's always based on succession hierarchy of the elder. Uh, the shrine stele uh, all above also shows that from the earlier parts of the Armanan period, which is A-M-A-R-N-A, -A -R -N -A, Armana is the uh, Egyptian dynasty and bloodline, depicts Akhenaten, Nefertiti, and their daughters, Princess Meritan, which is M-E-R-T-A-T-E-N, 
um, Meketin, which is M-E-K-E-A-T-E-N. And the last one is, I'm going to have to spell it, but it's, it's a lot, much longer. It's, I'm not familiar. A-N-K-H-E-S-E-N, uh, P-A-A-T-E-N. So that would be Akinsakpaten. Okay. Worshiping as, uh, the Aten as a family. So it's their whole family. But in that stone carving from Egypt, it shows that the children are like dwarf. They're not even of normal size uh, for a child. Okay. The shrine, um, Dorothy Arnold, Dor- Dorothea Arnold, in her article, Aspects of the Royal Female Image During the Armana Period, discusses a plethora of relics depicted uh, I, <clears throat> intimate family moments. While Akhenaten leans forward to give Meritaten a kiss, Mekinen, the other sister, plays on her mother's lap and gazes up lovingly. At the same time, the youngest one, which I said, Akhenaten, uh, the smallest sight of Nefertiti's shoulder, and fiddles with her earrings. Arnold, the author, claims that the shrine stele relates to the Aten religion concept of creation in which the king and queen are viewed as a primeval first pair. At the top of the composition, the sun god Aten, A-T-E-N, spelled this way, represents a raised circle, extends his life-giving rays to the royal family. The elaborate headdress primarily uh, purpose wasn't designed to confer royalty. Rather, they had elongated skulls and they were covering up this genetic oddity that the subjects didn't possess. Their skulls were similar to the uh, Paracas skulls discovered in Peru. These ruling dynasties with elongated skulls weren't of human origin. They only had two cranial growth lines, whereas humans, we have three, which is known as your occipital, your parietal, and your frontal, um, excluding the temporal uh, sphenoid and the uh, ethmoid, E-T-H-M-O-I-D, bones. Typically, larger craniums would denote higher intelligence afforded by a larger brain capacity. Every media network, including the history and discovery channels, have concealed these facts. Even King Tutankhamen, who died at age 18, had an elongated skull, although every network has him displayed uh, as an erroneous normal skull with 3D CGI uh, representations. Notice the gigantic size of the parents, King uh, Akhenaten and Queen Nefertiti, versus the diminutive size of the female children. Uh, and I mentioned the three children. The three children also inherited elongated skulls as displayed in the carved relief. So basically, uh, then it goes on with the photographs I included, hieroglyphs on the Grand Canyon wall. So now the public will have proof that the Egyptians definitely were in the Grand Canyon at least 1000 BC, what we know is before Christ. And uh, languages um, were written and spoken were a hybrid of the surrounding cultures, words and meanings adopted from others. The Mycenaean, the Hittites, the Anatolian, the Scythian, the Aramaic, the Sumerian, the Greek, the Latin, Akkadian, uh, Ebalate, which is E-B-L-A-I-T-E, the Elamite, which is E-L-A-M-I-T-E, the Hurrian, H-U-R-R-I-A-N, Pelic, which is P-A-L-A-I-C, Luian, which is L-U-W-I-A-N, and Ugartic, which is U-G-A-R-I-T-I-C, as well as the uh, Galantian, which is G-A-L-A-T-I-A-N. 
each had their own language and dialects thereof. And you'll see these in the, the public will see in the canyon walls way up of these carved tunnels and caves into the canyon walls that could have only been reached as thousands of years ago because the water level has dropped, but it is not from uh, the glacier era. This is all from open face mining operations. And then there were cataclysmic floods, but the majority is from mining. So uh, I listed, uh, Jeff, you can see the Isis temple, the the temple of Ra, all the all the pyramids and cliffs. They have Egyptian names to this day because they were named after all Egyptian royalty. Then you have the Tower of Seth and then you have the now there is one that is a Zoroaster temple, which is different. But I'll go into Zoroaster later. He was a, a Syrian Persian. Uh, and that was a, a religion, but it was a cult. Uh, then you have a, a photo of the Powell Cave, and then you have a picture of the Buddhist statue. Uh, the Egyptian tunnel was named after Kincaid's cave because he was the first one who entered the Grand Canyon Cave. Uh, Kincaid relied and retired from the Marine Corps and was sent to the Grand Canyon by the Smithsonian Institute to investigate the information that was reported by John Wesley Powell. The lower cave is located on a cliff wall 395 feet below the present flow of the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. The Colorado River empties into the Baja of California in Mexico and the Pacific Ocean. Egyptians traveled halfway around the world to reach the cave and resided, uh, residing in it, uh, its existing tunnel system. They did this to escape the conquering Roman armies of death and enslavement, but a better life for its people to captivate and capitalize on the excavations of one of the largest natural ore deposits in the world. Uh, the open face strip mining was pre-existing ancient mining operations, which I've mentioned. Arche I'm reading my own notes uh, that I wrote years ago. Archaeologists uh, estimate that this man-made cave is thousands of years old and is over 500 feet long with several cross tunnels to a large man-made chambers. From those explored, this is believed to be the Egyptian tunnel city built in the Grand Canyon. It wasn't built by the Egyptians, uh, Jeff. It was built by a far earlier ancient race, but the Egyptians assumed it. And it, it goes way back because it's still based on the serpent cult with the, with the, uh, um, all the tunnels off the main tunnel in, uh, uh, the one that, uh, Arcade found, um, that it's, um, it's radiant rays like the sun, which is still off the solar Solar cult and also serpent cult. Okay. Uh, the radiant power beams, uh, meant that the Kylan, which is K-H-Y-A-N, was a powerful king or pharaoh in Egypt from 1610 to 1580 BC. The shrine appears to have been Hindu or Asian Indian influence, and it shows a, a Buddhist, uh, statue. The center of the base of the hieroglyphic symbol for Kayan, who holds power beams that are in the staff of the Lord in one hand as he's holding it. Uh, there is no doubt about the identification for the Kayan or that it was a descendant of King Zapnat, which uh, I mentioned, Z-A-P-H-N-A-T-H, in Egypt, who was known as Joseph in the Bible. King Kayan sat on the throne of his ancestor, King Zapnat, at Aravis, which is A-R-V-I-S, Egypt also. He is holding an Egyptian lotus flower in one hand. This was a turbulent time in Egypt 
on why, with 50 kings in just 150 years. John Wesley Powell wrote, we explored the cave and found that this shrine and other artifacts. That evening, I sent team members to advise the Smithsonian Institute of our discovery. We continued to survey the cannon and discovered more Egyptian tunnel cities. I felt upwards of 50,000 Egyptians had lived in the Grand Canyon at one time. Assuming this estimate is correct, how did 50,000 Egyptians travel halfway around the world in 1600 BC? Very easy. They already had the technology. They already had developed larger open type ships. These later Egyptians had assumed an existing abandoned ancient city and mining complex from an earlier advanced race that went extinct or departed this world. Mining operations for copper, silver, gold, and tin and other metals were in operation for a minimum of 25,000 years in the past of what we know of our existing civilization and uh, long before their arrival. With every great cataclysm, most of each former civilization's uh, written history and technology are typically lost as a few survivors are reduced to the basics for living, focusing on rebuilding their culture for the ground levels upward again. And then it goes on with the gold tablet shown was recovered from the Egyptian tunnel city was a history book, including names that began with King Zafnat, who was Joseph, coming to Atzlan, A-Z-T-L-A-N, which is also what the uh, Aztecs referred to their home, and which was Utah. And they came from Utah and moved to Central America, not in reverse. On the left side, um, uh, let me see. And then the information of his ascendant, King Kayan, coming to the Grand Canyon. On the left bottom of the artifact is a symbol for the second land of Egypt named Memphis by King Zafnat. And then Memphis goes back to Memphis of Egypt. Okay. Atzlan was the Egyptian name for the, it stood translated A-Z-T-L-A-N, translates into other island or continent across the great ocean to the west and is the third land of Egypt. Pre-dynastic Egyptians, an earlier race, lived in an underground cities before they began to build pyramids above ground, as mentioned. Uh, on the, then it shows uh, pictures of the artifacts they found in there. You'll see the artifacts uh, of uh, uh, the um, royal headdress and uh, for both uh, Akhenaten and for Nefertiti because they had elongated heads. Uh, these eight gold facts were gold artifacts were found in the Kincaid Tunnel in the Grand Canyon and represent several of the ancient gods of Egypt and are the only artifacts on display in the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. today. So they have displayed them, but I'm sure they're not saying they're from the Grand Canyon because that would have everybody trying to race out there to uncover it. So they've just said, I'm sure they're misstated, Jeff, and saying that they're recovered in Egypt. It's Everything is a lie. Then you have the two larger statues behind the Egyptian gods uh, of uh, King Akhenaten and Queen Nefertiti. Akhenaten restored the Semit, Semitic religion of one god in Egypt at Saqqara, Egypt, and that's S-A-Q-G-G-A-R-A, sorry. I can't even read my own writing. Egyptian from 1353 to 1336 B.C. The family had unusual large skulls that had some claim to be extraterrestrials. The Egyptian name uh, of Zafnat, I've mentioned, is Joseph, is one of their ancestors. Uh, one of the tunnel cities is a shrine 
that was identified as a shrine for King Setepreen, which is S-E-T-E-P-R-E-N-E, shown here, who was King Atenaten's son and began his rule in Saqqara, Egypt in 1336 B.C. He only lasted 10 years, which was when he died on his last trip to Saqqara, Egypt. But they were traveling back and forth for hundreds, if not even thousands of years, to the Grand Canyon. This historical data claims that the Egyptian kings came to the Grand Canyon at various times, but also made return trips to Egypt. They may have been buried here to avoid their tombs being robbed in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt, quite possibly. The native Hopi Indians who lived on the edge of the Grand Canyon where the Egyptian pyramids are located knew the names of the Egyptian pyramid temples. The Hopi Indians still use, as mentioned, a large number of Egyptian words in their language. And then it shows a picture of the Isis temple as seen from the South Rim. And all Egyptian cliffs were built into the walls on the North Canyon Rim. The true location of the Kincaid City Tunnel complex is 40 miles away from the location identified, probably to misinformed people uh, attempting to locate it. There is a geometrical con connection between the Grand Canyon and Giza Necropolis locations. As the Khafre, that's K-H-A-F-R-E, the um, pyramid, uh, the Giza complex, second, is located on the exact north-south and east-west geocentric lines. It must be a relationship with the second harmonic energy grid lines, meaning the invisible lines. Artifacts found in the Tunnel City were identified as being for King Afranat, which is A-P-E-R-A-N-A-T, who is known as the, quote, the powerful king that ruled foreigners. And I already mentioned about what they mined, uh, and that basically even though the ISIS pyramid temple in the Grand Canyon show is now badly eroded, it's over thousands of years. The temple also has an obvious entrance, but the National Park Service will not allow any excavations of this pyramid temple. So it is a site, but you'll never get to go in it. Hopi Indians uh, told the Grand Canyon Park Rangers that this was a tower of Ra, and only a few eroded Egyptian hieroglyphics can still be seen on the temple, on the tower itself. Now, then it shows a picture of a small god artifact for... Uh, Amanut, which is A-M-A-U-N-E-T, or known as the secret one, was found in Kincaid's tunnel and is on display in the Smithsonian Institute. It's based on the Egyptian level uh, to Amanut, the secret one, and the goddess of the heavens who could fly. And it shows a, a winged goddess. Okay, uh, ancient script stated the Amanut laid a big egg <coughs> that, shrined like, that shined like gold, sorry, and was the first sunlight in Egypt. Then Amunet saw that she had wings and flew from the heavens to Egypt, and then everybody in Egypt knew who Amunet was. The Egyptians had built on the Upper Plateau Sports and Recreational Entertainment Center, Jeff, which I mentioned, that held large fields for games. They had shower rooms and homes for the different athletic teams and theaters for musical concerts. The building ruins had wooden roofs that have disintegrated now over time. These entertainment centers had large kitchens to prepare meals for the Egyptian royalty and subjects. Kincaid's tunnel complex held a burial chamber with mummies that were placed into the stone chamber walls up on plateaus or ledges. The carbon date for the mummy, oldest mummy, was around 1600 B.C. I think that's mistaken. I think it's much older. 
then it shows a picture of uh, Anubis, which is the uh, jackal god um, in the that was found in the tunnel. And this copper statue from the Kincaid Tunnel in the Grand Canyon was identified as a shrine for Anubis. The real name is actually Anubu, which is A-N-U dot B-U, or Anubu. He was also present from time to time. Anu, Anubu was famous uh, to uh, Afriti uh, and Tamaray, the Egyptian embalmer, because he was the god of the dead. Okay, one of them. Messengers of heaven and the netherworld and the next realm uh, head man for protection of the soul is the head protector of Afriti. Uh, when they passed over, he was responsible for the mummification and excavation uh, of the brain and vital organs. As you know, the Egyptians removed all the organs out of the body because they believed they would live again. All of the Tanare Egyptian temples are in the north side of the Grand Canyon as well. So, then it shows the Tamaray Mir Temple, M-I-R, and that is a temple, as you can see in the photograph. I took a lot of time to and research to get all these photographs so the public can actually see this is real. This is factual. The Egyptians were there, and it's it's living proof. And only a few are in the, in the uh, museum at Smithsonian in Washington. Uh, it shows that the unfinished Tamaray Mir Pyramid in the Grand Canyon was designed as a burial tomb, because there is an entrance tunnel that is blocked off a few feet inside. Uh, then it shows a Hindu deity uh, inside that was found in the Powell Cave in the Grand Canyon. Uh, it's holding a tamaray, which is the Egyptian lotus flower, in one hand, and it's featured in Sumerian history, Jeff. Then it shows the next picture is one of the many mummies sarcophagus found in Kincaid's tunnel. And their sarcophagus are always multi-storage. They're multi-leveled, one inside of another. So like what you think of the Russian dolls. Um, one of the crypts was open. Incredible. And I, I hope everyone is able to uh, to jump on and see them. I, I might even post one or two of the pictures on Telegram uh, just to, you know, just to show some stuff. Uh, I obviously can't put all of them there. It's just, it's way too much, Chris. No. They're, they're stunning. You and choose the best one you want. Sorry, go ahead. That's fine. Okay. Uh, basically, I, you can see it, but they can't. When I described to you uh, at the visitor center, there's an old uh, broken down uh, red brick, uh, what looked like a circular uh, circular building. And I, I saw it. And what that is, Jeff, that wasn't built by the Indians. That was built by the earlier races that were smelting all these metals. That's a, that was actually a smelter. You melted the metal down and this is, I've found smelters all throughout the Middle East and through what you call Levant, which is, uh, 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 Syria, Lebanon, uh, and, uh, Israel today. There are ancient smelters. I have so many articles on my other laptop. I will have to get, uh, get that too, but you also have thousands of pictures on those as well. Yeah. But they will be able to see that yeah. ancient Egyptians mined copper, silver, and gold and tin, and there were many ruins of the Tamaray metal smelters and furnaces that lie within the Grand Canyon. These landmarks have all been labeled as, quote, American Indian dwellings. That's utter BS. Now, be below that, you will also see the sports centers. The stone uh, remnants of the buildings are still there, 
and all the wood is degraded, but that's the public and you can see, we'll be able to see it. You can see right now that this did exist and they were playing fields. This was the origins of what we know as the Olympics today. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the ancient Egyptians built large entertainment centers for sporting recreation and ceremonial events. Uh, the frames of the buildings and rooms are present, but the wooden roofs have long since disintegrated. This entertainment facility held large uh, fields for sporting events, games, and even had shower rooms for the different cultural athletes. Uh, it contained large theaters for musical concerts and kitchens for feeding the athletes and workers. This massive complex was probably the first Olympic-type event even before the Greeks and Romans uh, introduced that legacy. Again, these ruins are conveniently labeled, as I mentioned. Okay, what I'm trying to say is that everything we've learned in life is absolutely, it's 100% wrong. And this is showing the truth of life. Now you're going to see the Tomeray hieroglyphics that was found in the Grand Canyon. That's the next picture. And if, if we actually had a, a decent uh, uh, government and world governments, this information would have been shared, but it's not. Because I'm going to go into, as I mentioned, about uh, what is known as X-Protect and X-Share between the two opposing forces for X-Technology, which is exotic technology. And they're using the UFO phenomenon to cover all this exotic technology, which is way beyond UFOs. Okay, so the tablets, uh, uh, this also, uh, mine also, is... You know, you have to be weary of the time because I'm actually... We've run over time here, Chris, and I hate to cut you off, but I'm going to have to because I have a meeting in progress that everyone is waiting for me. So We'll we'll cut it here then. But to the audience, uh, to make up for it, I have actually added a new uh, section as well to the uh, military analyst on Right On You, and I've added secret societies, and I've put a couple of... uh, Chris's Intel briefings in there right now on the black nobility and the Jesuits. And uh, I think you'll quite enjoy them as well. Any final words, Chris, just to wrap the section up next week, of course. Okay. Two last points. Yeah. We're going to be traveling around the world. Okay. Um, With, with all this, not just the United States and North America, but um, that two points is that uh, uh, one is that, um, uh, let me see. Gotta do this fast. I didn't write it down. Um, oh, oh, please send me the, uh, the, the two books mentioned by Cisco. Yep. But, um, that, uh, they will get, continue to get more. I have thousands of essays. We'll get as much. Oh, the most important thing is please, I asked Jeff to do it and he did it. I'm, I'm sorry. I asked David to do it rather. And he did, uh, to create a, just a email where I can send the material, the files just to you. And it's, it's not given out to the public. It's just my work. And that way it will not get intermixed and you won't be sifting through everybody else's. Yeah, I, I, if you I've do that, that like. On my end, Chris, you don't have to worry about that. And we'll keep personal stuff personal so we're not wasting the, uh, the audience's time with that. But, uh, hey, listen, it's been okay. a pleasure having I, you here again as usual. And, uh, I appreciate every one of you in the audience. Thank you for being here. If you did join late, I will be posting this show. And you can be able to listen to it from the very beginning. Uh, and it should be up in just a few moments. So thank you for being with Right On Radio. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.